people tell me all the time that doesn't feel like we have a fall anymore. We go from summer to local summer and then boom, we're in winter. Well, not so fast this October. It has actually felt like fall. That being said, we have seen some wintertime appearances in our October, namely that five-day nor'easter that we had at the top of the month. Usually nor'easters are something we see as we get deeper into the cold season here, but not this year. We had a nor'easter from September 30th to October 5th. That is leading off our Something in the Year podcast. We'll also talk about precipitation. We'll talk about temperatures, the end of most of our drought, and a little bit on the winter ahead. All right, so we are here kicking off the month of November to recap the month of October. We are joined, as always, with New Jersey State climatologist, Dr. Dave Robinson, who is back from a little bit of laryngitis, and now we have his smooth, silky voice with us for the next half hour. What a treat. Yeah, well, it wouldn't have been a treat, and any no one would have listened for more than 30 seconds if they heard me last week when we were going to record this. <laughs> Um, my, my students had to suffer through it on two days. Uh, and are they still coming to class? Um, yeah, they got an exam tomorrow. So they oh. come to class. Yeah, they got to come. Well, you know, hey, listen, you don't even have to talk much for the exam, right? You should have had the exam last week. Exactly. We're good to go. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So October here. Um, October was below average uh, with our temperatures. We'll talk about that. Uh, and it was plenty wet in the first half of the month, and it had to do a lot with one storm. We'll start off with that. That was our nor'easter. I like to call it the uh, Energizer Bunny storm because it just kept going and going and going and going and going. It was from September 30th, the last day of the month, all the way until October 5th. Uh, the worst of it was over that weekend, um, that first weekend of October here. We saw coastal flooding for five days in a row. Um, and it was moderate stage um, at some points as well. And we were uh, in the quarter moon. So the quarter moon usually brings lower tides, but we still got up to moderate flood stage with that. We had gusts over 60 miles an hour, some power outages. So those shouts to AC Electric wasn't as widespread as maybe it could have been. Um, and we actually had school delays or even closures in at Oakcrest High School, as well as Brigantine and Ocean City due to some of this flooding and the, the weather conditions we had. And uh, I'll also end here with daily rainfall records. Uh, we did that uh, Saturday and Sunday in Atlantic City, Sunday um, at the airport, Atlantic City International, and then uh, Monday as well. We did that too. So a lot to unpack with that here. Dr. Dave Robinson, tell us what you thought about uh, this storm that we had. Don't don't forget, it was miserably cool as well. Yes. So, uh, yes. That was, you know, you call Nor'easter or the Energizer Bunny. Yeah. I, I've also heard it called the ghost of Ian. Yes. Um, also true. It really was the energy from the Ian, which came in the southwest coast of Florida, crossed the peninsula, came up, made landfall again in South Carolina. And then the it went off into Western, uh, even into West Virginia and Western Maryland, and then started wandering towards the coast. And then it wandered back towards the coast. Um, South Jersey got the hardest of it. Um, South Jersey was supposed to get the, the, the most of it. And the, the North early on in the system was left out. 
but the forecast models were off, what about 7,500 miles? And the yeah. last portion of the storm, the heavy rains came north, um, got most of North Jersey, except the northwest corner only had an inch or so. They had a dousing a couple, uh, about a week and a half later. Um, but, you know, you can call it the ghost of Ian, the Energizer Bunny. Some people call it Drought Buster. Yeah. Was it We're talk a, about that too? Yeah, yeah, but a big hit on the drought. We'll talk about that in a little while. Um, yeah, it was a it was a memorable storm. It might be one of those top ten um, for twenty twenty two, given the persistence of the storm and and the various factors in, involved with it, from precip to the the storm surge, if you will, the higher tides and uh, the unusually cool conditions, which kicked off a month that ultimately came in, as we'll talk about, below normal. But it owed a lot of that to the first five days of the month. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you talk about the rainfall totals. I'm just going to pluck a couple out from our Coco Ross network. Uh, Coco Ross, America's largest network of volunteer observers here. Uh, Not me, but Dave Robinson. Yours truly, Dave Robinson, uh, is the coordinator for the state. But just a couple of totals here. Uh, over in Stafford, 8.15 inches. We also saw another seven-inch amount in Stafford. Uh, you go down to Cape May County in Woodbine, 6.67 inches of rain from the storm. And we even had over in, uh, I believe it, it was in Galloway. I believe it was uh, closer to Route 30 in Galloway, 7.71 inches. In Cumberland County, we had 4.81 in Vineland. So really everywhere got a lot of rain and at least in our corner of the state the lowest amounts were in lower cape may county and that was 2.95 in lower township so nothing to sneeze out there but you know not like the heavy rain we saw in some other parts of the area and um moderate to even major beach erosion as well with this and just with the persistent easterly winds chewing up the beaches here um there was some breaches in the dunes um, in some parts of South Jersey. Strathmere had that, um, and I was in Avalon. And I'll tell you what, I mean, a lot of people don't realize this, but there are, during the winter times, often cliffs on the beach, and it's already October, and we had in Avalon about a 12-foot cliff. And, and that was what the Army Corps of Engineers, excuse me, the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection said. I was in Avalon, and I saw that. So a lot of beach erosion early in the season here. Typically, your beach erosion is coming a little bit later in uh, in the off season, but uh, not a great start for our beaches alone. Uh, it's 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 not a good start. You like to have a little bit of uh, of a defense mechanism set up there. So uh, a nor'easter come December or January uh, takes the hit on the coast, and now there's just no no cushion there. So. We, we can only hope that we won't have a persistent or a strong storm uh, as we go through the months ahead. Um, but, you know, no guarantees there. This is the type of this. This is the half of the year when the beaches lose mass as opposed to the summer where they gain mass. How would you compare this storm to the one that we had in May or at least the conditions in the first half of May where we had those persistent onshore winds for days at a time? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the recipe. That's the recipe for back bay flooding. That's the recipe for beach erosion. Um, everyone's going to be a little bit different. Uh, the wind direction may be slightly off kilter. 
Um, you know, that one came at the end of the season when the beaches are going to start regenerating. So um, they weren't, they didn't take a huge hit last winter because we didn't have too many major coastal storms. Um, so this one, I think probably ultimately outranks the uh, spring event. Yeah, I, I agree too. I think this was more impactful. Um, I, I feel like the, the May event was like, nickel and diming our way to you know hazardous weather conditions and this was you know fairly potent and it also was for a long period of time um as you mentioned too it also helped to really drive down temperatures i mean we were in you know the 50s and low 60s for highs with this storm as it came through and in the early part of the month average highs are right around 70 degrees or so but we actually wound up with a below average month that's not something we talk about very often but we did have it for the month of October here, we were below average um, at Atlantic City Marina by a degree. And more than that, over inland at Atlantic City International Airport. Um, tell us about that. Yeah, it was uh, the uh, so, quick look. Um, it, it was the second month, a second month this year with below normal temperatures down in the AC area. Uh, January, if you remember the snow and the cold of January. I remember very well. But yeah, I know everyone down your way does. And and we've been on the milder side since then. But as I, I mentioned earlier, the month got off to such a cool start. Um, and then it, it and then it kind of leveled off, but it never got exceedingly mild for any extended period of time. So we ended up below average the first time. Um or the coolest October since 2015 um, at the uh, out at the inland at the airport, and since 2008 um, along uh, along the coast. Hmm. Uh, so you know, 30, 50 years ago would have been a run of the mill uh, October, maybe even felt a little mild. But nowadays we're we're just experiencing so much warmer weather. Um, that it comes as a shock when we have an actual fall. In fact, I think that's what I'm going to entitle um, my narrative uh, when I sum, uh, sum, I'm working on summarizing uh, October. It's going to be like uh, we really had a fall uh, this year. We didn't go right from summer to fall. We did that. Remember, we switched gears right on the um, autumnal equinox. We had that front come through in late yeah. September and bam, summer to fall. And then we can say that really fall has persisted. We didn't have a freeze across the state last October. Uh, this October, we had a freeze over most inland and um, areas, but not along the coast. Yeah, we're and still hanging on strong. At AC Marina, not along the coast. Uh, no coastal station has gotten below 40 uh, in our network, but the marina... Uh, it's only gotten down to 41. I can't remember off top of Yeah, I can pull it up real quick. But it, yeah, definitely. I don't think I saw any 30s. The coolest at the Marine 44. 44. Yeah. Um, yet the airport's gotten down to 32 on the 19th. Yeah. Um, it got down to 32. Uh, so, you know, it, it's it's really interesting how those all come about. Um, but inland areas in the Pinelands and down Vineland, even Woodbine, um, all been below freezing on multiple occasions last month, where interestingly enough, up at High Point Monument, they've only hit the freezing mark one day. 
Um, The elevation, the cold air drainage has gotten the valleys. It's been down to 20 up in Walpack in a valley up in Sussex. Um, But in South Jersey, inland has joined in on uh, multiple occasions uh, with some frost and some freeze. But the coast coast it hangs on. And uh, with with the outlook for the next week or two, it's quite likely we're going to get near Thanksgiving, um, perhaps the week before or the week of Thanksgiving, where you might get enough chill down this way um, to, to bring the coastal areas um, to the freezing mark. So, But, you know, we should say, too, that this is not unusual by any extent. The average first freeze at the marina in Atlantic City is, excuse me, November 11th. So, you know, if we were to get a freeze now, that would be a little bit behind schedule or ahead of schedule, I should say. For us, and actually, I was I was looking at this because I was wondering, have we ever went a whole like end of the year without getting a freeze at the short? It happened once. It happened uh, on in 2016, 2015, going to 2016. That freeze wasn't until January 4th. So yep. it is possible, although not likely, that you can go right through the holidays without a freeze, at least in Atlantic City. Probably going to be different in Long Branch you know, in, in Belmar. But once you get down to LBI South, you know, it's in the realm of possibility. Yeah, I think that broke the record by like 15 days. That was such an aberration. Yeah, about. And we, have, and we have to remember last year, we didn't have a freeze until late on the evening of the 2nd of November, anywhere in New Jersey. And that was the first time I looked back at records to the late 19th century. And I could find at least one spot in Jersey had a freeze in October or September in every year until last year. So we're kind of back to normal, if you will, um, for first freezes in mid, late October inland. Yeah. Along the coast. Yeah, there was that one. That was amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, the growing season ends in early January. I mean, we need Florida. Florida. That's exactly what it's just- who needs it. You know, yeah. you know, you got South Jersey. You don't need to be in South Florida. Hey, um, palm trees away. Come on. That's it. Keep it going. Uh, but we'll, we'll cut it off here and we'll take a break. And on the other side, we'll talk about precipitation. We'll talk about drought easing up and we'll talk a little bit about the winter ahead. This is the Something in the Air podcast. <music> Welcome back, everybody, to the Something in the Air podcast, a two-time New Jersey Press Association Award winner, and we couldn't do it without our guest here, New Jersey State Climatologist, Dr. Dave Robinson. We are talking about the month that was of October. We talked about the temps. Now let's talk about that rain that we had. Um, Would it be fair to say that most of the rain we had came with that nor'easter we talked about at the top of the show? Yeah, most of it did. There were a few other episodes that brought some rain. Uh, one up in the northwest brought some heavy rain, but yeah, the lion's share w- was done. Uh, we already had one to two months worth of rainfall by the time we got to the fifth day of the month. Yeah, and uh, and we certainly needed that rain here because uh, when we started the month, uh, most of southeastern New Jersey was in drought, and now as we're taping this on November the second. Only uh, lower Cape May County, some might call it the Cape May bubble, 
uh, is in drought right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, the term I'll often use when I talk to the media and all is liquid gold. Um, that's, yeah. that's what this rain was. And for a couple of reasons, uh, one was obviously the quantity of it. But more importantly than that, it was a, it was distributed over multiple days and tens of hours, as yeah. it turns out. And despite all of that rain, two months worth of rain, we didn't have a flash flood warning up from the National Weather Service through that, throughout the entire event. The flooding was the coastal event, uh, flooding from the persistent I, offshore winds. But yeah. there was no, I mean, your neighborhood may have seen some freshwater flooding at some of the heaviest episodes, don't get me wrong. Um, but there was, this was just what you would want to see to break a drought. You don't want uh, Ida type rains where you get eight inches in six hours and you know it has no chance to percolate in. It just runs off. Um, even in a sandy soiled area with some clays and the such in the sand, it would just run off and right out to sea. And this just, it really, despite the fact that it, uh, the coastal flooding and the beach erosion and the fact it was so miserably cool and raw, uh, it really, after the end of a very dry summer, um, our driest summer in New Jersey since um, um, 1966. Wow. It was the driest June. That's a long time. And the whole state benefited from this. But as you mentioned, there's still a sore spot down in the south, and that's the lower, that's the peninsula, the Cape May Peninsula. Um, yeah. It just hasn't gotten that drenching rain. And, and if you remember, we were dry last winter, and other areas had a chance to pull out of that in April and May when it got wet which was really very, very welcome with what we ended up later on in the summer. But Cape May didn't get that either. So it's it's the persistence of subnormal rainfall or at best normal rainfall that still has us keeping that southern most extreme area in D1, a drought category, and then the fringes to the north in an abnormally dry category. And, and sharing in on that, is a little bit of a remnant up in the northern coast where it was so very dry mid and late summer. Uh, they were at D2, then to D1. Now they're at D0. And, you know, one more rain, they'll get out of that. And then you head up to the northern uh, portion of the state in the highlands. And there, there's still D1 and D0 because they didn't join in on the October rain any more than southern Cape May did. Um, and it's been going on a while there. And th we worry about that in North Jersey because that's where the surface reservoirs are located. Mm -hmm. In South Jersey, we wait for the groundwater to rebound. Yeah. Yeah. And the groundwater, according to the uh, DEP, has rebounded, still dry, but has rebounded um, over time. We're still in a drought watch uh, that's issued by the state. That's different than, than what we're talking about in this podcast, but the state still has us in a drought uh, watch here. Um, yeah, we I do want to say, meeting. oh, God. I was in a, was in a meeting for, for that about, it's probably three weeks ago now. And even though we had already seen those rains, it was a week, 10 days later, it hadn't rained a lot in many portions of the state. And it was like, you know, you, you have to be careful. I, I don't like the idea of going back and forth and back and forth. 
I'd rather take time. And, and, and I think that was the judgment of the whole DEP um, drought task force. And we just felt it was prudent to stay in a drought watch. Um, maybe as we look at the next couple of weeks, next couple of months, it may not be a statewide thing. It may stay in the north and the, the far south. You know, it, it's too early to tell. There's been, really been no discussion about that um, right. too much in the in the last couple of weeks. And, and with good reason, because as you mentioned earlier, we, you know, without those early rains, this would have been a, on the dry side for the month. Now, of course, that that's ridiculous to say because those rains did occur and they occurred in October. So, yeah. you know, it's not like it rains in equal amount every day, every week, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. But we we could start using some more rain, or we're going to have to start thinking about going to abnormally dry conditions again in a couple of weeks, particularly with the warm weather. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're yeah. going to be experiencing. Yeah, so still, I think rain. Right. Think rain, uh, maybe snow. If you're a snow lover too, we can start thinking about that. Uh, but I did want to just end off with this about the rain. Uh, Atlantic City International Airport and Atlantic City Marina, both in fourth place for the wettest Octobers on record. But as we like to talk about uh, here in this podcast, we have to look at the difference of the period of record. So at Atlantic City International, that goes back to 1940. Three, I believe, for the month of November uh, or for the month of October. But at the marina, we go back to 1874, way back. So the marina one, a little more impressive, but both still a lot of rain uh, that we see during the month of October here. Yeah, and we saw it throughout the region. Just give you a couple of quick numbers. Um, Galloway was the rainiest spot in um, Atlantic County at 10.37 inches. Mind you, we should get about four yeah. of October, um, dr but driest was West in Hamilton, only 4.85. Mm. Uh, so there was a coastal hugger in some cases. Yeah. Um, down in Cape May, Woodbine had 8.83, another station there at 8.67. But then you go down to Lower Township, 3.87 at one spot, 4.01 at another. So it was a factor of two difference as you went down to the bottom of, uh, to exit zero. Um, and then um, up in Ocean County, the big ones, Berkeley ended up with Berkeley Township with 12.45 yeah. inches. Woo! Yeah. Lake Township, 12.43. But not all that far away, two Jackson sites had 6.97 and 8.43. Now that sounds, oh, they lost that. That's still one and a half to two times normal October <laughs> yeah. rainfall. Yeah. So, don't get me wrong. This was the wet spot of the state. Other spots did well, um, but it was Ocean, Atlantic, and Northern Cape May. Really. I well. Yeah, we cashed we cashed in, especially along the coast. I remember looking at radar a couple of times during that storm. You just see the rain coming right up from about AC right up the pretty much the parkway in Ocean County. So it was incredible to see. And, you know, some people might think, well, what if that was snow? Uh, obviously, uh, we can't get into that discussion because it's just not equivalent. Uh, you know, rain does not always equal snow with the same amounts. But since I mentioned snow twice, we're going to start talking about winter a little bit here. Now, in addition to being a New Jersey state climatologist, you are the snow king. Is that fair to say? 
You are the operator of the Rutgers Global Snow Lab, not the New Jersey Snow Lab, the Global Snow Lab. Yeah, our office um, has long had a reputation of kind of keeping the uh, pulse on where snow is and isn't located across, particularly the Northern Hemisphere. Um, we've been doing that for decades. And this information is used by folks like Judah Cohen, who you often have on this podcast. Yep, we just had him on. You guys are both like Columbia grads. Yep. 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 I was on his dissertation committee, actually, 100 <laughs> years ago, which means I got mine 150 years ago. Nah, I don't um, know about that. But uh, it was season got off to a, a quick start um, snow cover over Siberia in September, but then tapered back a little bit in, in October, whereas North America kind of picked up a little bit in, in October. Uh, we just ran some numbers yesterday, and it was kind of a middle-of-the-road start to the snow season when everything evens out. Um, that can play a role with what we experience here in New Jersey later on because it's those cold air masses get refrigerated as they cross over that snow-covered uh, ground, um, which can you know, amplify the cold at times. But here in Jersey, ah, you know, everyone's got their forecasts out. Um, they're always kind of trying to just beat the coin flip. Um, this is a La Nina situation we're in. It's unusual that it's the third year uh, consecutively of a La Nina. Um, that tends to drive the storm track through the Great Lakes, not up the East Coast. That puts us often on the rainy side of storms, not the snowy side. Um, it's good news for beach erosion because there's usually not many nor'easters. Uh, and temperature-wise, you know, nothing ex exceedingly cold uh, for any long periods of time. So it's kind of a, uh, a benign winter. But you can see what last winter, two snowstorms down your way brought you above average snowfall. The rest of the state had below average snowfall. Best uh, winter ever. Yes. Yeah. Well, if you're South Jersey, I, you know, it, it was great to have bragging rights. Just I great. said, you're more than welcome to move down to South Jersey whenever you'd like, if you want to see some remember, snow. Remember, I look at snow on the ground and how it persists on the ground. And yes. despite you having more snow, I think I had more snow, uh, uh, you know, some uh, cross-country skiing days here that I wouldn't have mm. had in the South. Um, well, you know, it's so, flat down yeah, here, too. It wasn't much. It, it wasn't much. And, and, you know, so this winter, that's the best I could say for temperature and precip. And then snow, you know, if you get that alignment, it doesn't mean every week of the winter is a La Nina-like pattern. The North Atlantic uh, oscillation can go negative for two weeks or three weeks. And bam, you have a memorable winter because you pop a couple big snowstorms and a cold wave during yeah. that. Time. So we have to remember that. Um, you know, the overall pattern doesn't look like a mighty winter, uh, but doesn't mean we can't have a mighty week or two of winter. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Especially for us, you know, you can get your average snowfall in one storm if you're, if you're really lucky down here. Um, and we did have that uh, last winter. Right. We have about 30 seconds left. I just want to give you a, a little bit of time to talk about Coco Ross here because it is very important to the state and and you know we have had increases in the number of people who have volunteered so if you got 30 seconds to talk about coco ross floor is yours yeah i mean you the got a smile on your face 
Community Collaborative Rain, Hail, and Snow Network, a national program. I'm thrilled. I've been looking at numbers as I've been summarizing data for October. We had several days with 285 observations coming in from citizen science scientists all throughout the state. And that may seem like a lot, and it is. It's, it's a nice, densely populated uh, network, and it complements our 66 stations that are automated every five minutes with these daily reports, but there's still gaps. You know, you and I are never satisfied with what we see never. in South Jersey, um, especially as we go inland. We need yeah. more observers in Salem and Cumberland and 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 still the coastal uh, counties as well. Uh, but, you know, it's it's we were running in the low 200s for 10 years. Now we seem to be running up in the upper 200s. I'd love to crack that 300 uh, observer mark. Um, because it really helps us keep our finger on the pulse of what's going on here with our hydrologic system in Jersey. We have snow reports that we've never seen in this quantity before. Um, we have precipitation reports that help with flooding, uh, help with assessing the drought, uh, and, and help the, in the environmentalists out there who are doing ecologic studies. And the farming community, it's really important. When you might have to collect farm, um, drought insurance, um, these data are acceptable in cases of that. So uh, that's the wonderful thing about weather data is it's multiple purposes, but it's also it's cursed because everybody thinks somebody else is supporting it. So we could really use citizen scientists to sign on up for, for COCORAS and those who are listening and are involved Thank you so very, very much. Hey, we do have a couple of Coca Ross uh, people listening to the pod. Fred Akers, one of them uh, out in Atlantic County. I know Lynn uh, Maughan in Cumberland has done that. Uh, but we could certainly use some Eastern Burlington, Eastern Cumberland County, and along the shore, some target areas. So we'll wrap it up with that. Uh, good episode for the month of October here. If you want to check out more of what Dr. Dave Robinson is doing, you can go to climate.ruckers.edu. You can also go to njweather.org. Uh, and we will be back with you soon with the Something in the Air podcast. Take care, everybody.